0: Welcome to For the Long Run, the podcast exploring the why behind what keeps runners running long, strong, and motivated. I'm your host, Jonathan Levitt. Through personal and professional connections in the running world, I have the privilege of getting to know some amazing athletes. I've always been fascinated by the psychological aspect of running, and this podcast is aimed at exploring this and much more. I hope you enjoy. Welcome back. Today, I have Adam Mary joining me on the podcast. Adam, thanks so much for taking the time to chat. What's
1: up, Jonathan? Thanks for
0: having me, man. Stoked. For for sure. So, first question, uh, it's always a tough one. Uh, Who
1: is Adam? Oh, man. So, I've been listening to the podcast for a long time. And, uh, you know, Jonathan, I wanted to have a really good answer, (laughs) and uh, I totally don't. Uh, So, I'm just going to wing it. Uh, I'm just a guy who loves to trail run uh, and be outside in nature. Um, I work at the Monterey Bay Aquarium, uh, so I'm pretty interested in ocean conservation and, uh, I've got a wonderful wife and three furry mouths to feed. Three furry mouths. Talk about those. Uh, so I've got a dog named Dipsy. He's a Sharpe lab pit bull mix. He's hilarious. Um, ton of energy. He's like two years old. And then I've got two cats which makes for a very interesting dynamic with the dog. Um, but they're all friends. They get along, um, one Maine coon and then one like domestic short haired tabby. Nice.
0: Well, we got connected from our coach, David. Um, yes, I, I asked man. David. Yes. The, the man, he's not a myth and he's definitely a legend for sure. Um, hundred so, percent. So I asked him who, who he recommends that have, uh, have, have interesting stories that, um, in sort of my goal of, um, you know, the first 50 episodes of the podcast or so were, were with elite and professional or with professional athletes. And, um, I know you're on the elite side, but I'm trying to figure out like, what's the direction of this podcast? Well, you know, how, how do I, how do I continue? Um, because you know, there aren't, you know, Endless professional athletes that are you know open to open for to sure. conversations on the podcast. So um, yeah, just always always exploring um, new new ways that I can connect with the with the running community. And um, your name was at the top of the list, so oh, uh, here man. we are.
1: So awesome. Uh,
0: so he tells me that your your background with other sports into running was really interesting. So do you want to talk about that a little bit to, to kick it off?
1: Sure. Yeah. So um, I guess that yeah, is kind of interesting. I don't know if it's atypical, but um, yeah, I've been doing sports my whole life. Um, I've just always been a really active kid, like grew up skateboarding, surfing, um, playing soccer, baseball, you know, kind of traditional American sports um, since I was a kid um had a short, very short stint with competitive tr- uh track in like middle school. And I uh grew up in California, so the competition is pretty stiff. And I just remember going to a track meet and just being like, This is not for me. Uh I'm like dying out here and getting <laughs> like last place is crazy. So um then in high school and college, I played football. Um, and that was kind of my main focus. Um, so I was super into it. Um Played at a division three school in LA. Um, And then yeah, like had never done any distance running uh, at all. Like the, I think the furthest I'd probably run as of college was like a mile, you know, for football. Um, And then, yeah, after college, um, I ended up like finding myself in my hometown working at the Monterey Bay Aquarium kind of unexpectedly and met this guy. Um, Who's now like my best friend Ryan Cronin, who was a distance runner and in invited me to like come on a run and I was like yeah, I'm like looking to get back into shape and it was supposed to be like a four mile run, but you know it's probably happened to a lot of people it took me on like an eight yeah. mile trail run um and it was really fun and I just remember at the end of that just being totally surprised that I was able to do it and it wasn't overly painful or anything and and so that kind of got me like hooked on on distant quote unquote distance running you know
0: and when did when did you realize that um this was you know this was your i don't want to say your calling but like the next step
1: oh man yeah so um it kind of continues on with that story like uh later like a couple months after that run i asked him like dude like what do you think do you think i could do a half marathon and he was like oh yeah definitely <laughs> and i was like well how fast do you think i could run it and he thought for a second and he's like man i bet you could go sub 130 and i had no context for what that meant but i was just like okay like sub 130 sounds you know? good yeah and it sounds good yeah and i you know i'm i, I have like a competitive background so it was like something to just kind of work toward um and so yeah my first uh race was the monterey bay half marathon which is beautiful um yeah. And I ended up coming in at like, you know, one twenty nine. like I, I somehow did it. Um, it was very, I don't even remember cause it was like three, four years ago, but it was, I think it was kind of painful, but really amazing to be like coming in. You could hear the announcer, like, you know, counting people down, like you're going to make it. Um, so that was really exhilarating. And then a couple months later, I ended up doing a 50 K with him on new year's day. Um, cause it was like, Oh yeah, I've done a half marathon. Might as well do a 50 K. Um, and so that was like major, obviously, uh, I had, had no, uh, good training really. Um, and yeah, just, I think I was out there for like five hours and 11 minutes and it was just amazing. You know, the full gamut of, uh, ups and downs during that, uh, cramps running, getting passed by people who I had passed earlier on in <laughs> the race. And so, yeah, it totally hooked me.
0: What were you thinking about on that first, uh, ultra line, ultra start line?
1: Oh man. Um well, I just had no idea what to expect. It was like I've always kind of uh enjoyed challenges, and so I I figured it was going to be like hard, but you know when you've never done a distance, it's like oh yeah, well, you know, it's only like it's basically just twice as much as a half marathon and then a little bit more, and I'm going to be running slower. So I think I didn't realize how hard it was going to be. Um and I've since learned, you know, like uh Yeah, I have a much different perspective now, but um, yeah, I think I was just excited and uh, it was a really good vibe. And I remember being like nervous, putting my hand up when the guy was like, who who, who's uh, first 50 K is this who's standing here? And I was like one of the only people that put my hand up. And uh, I don't know. It was a good time.
0: And you had never run beyond a half marathon at that point, right?
1: Yeah, so I remember distinctly like descending down into uh, Bear Gulch, like you know at 13 miles and my watch rolled over a half marathon. I was like, all right, this is the furthest I've ever run.
0: <laughs> and then we had
1: like a big old climb coming out of Bear Gulch. but um, yeah, no, it was it was really awesome. And my friend uh, ran it with me, you know what I mean? So he mm-hmm. he had run a, fif- a couple 50 Ks, I think, and many marathons. He's actually from Boston, so he'd run the Boston Marathon a bunch of times. and so he ran with me, so it was really cool. Kind of bonding experience,
0: cool, and what um what is what does running mean to you?
1: oh man, um you know, I think running is just to me it's like such a great metaphor for like life, and it has so many proxies like um to me, like one of my uh coworkers at work a few years ago had told me this thing. he's like, how you do anything is how you do everything. And so I approach running. um, I try to be really mindful, um, appreciate the day to day. I really love just getting to go out for one to two hours every day and like be outside, appreciate the weather, um, stay physically fit, um, be disciplined and have a long term focus um, and just focus on doing the best I can that day. And I love doing all the little things like trying to you know, eat well and, um, like do my recovery. And so I I think it just, it applies for me to like other aspects of my life. Like I love to cook. And so I kind of approach cooking in the same way. I think I've learned how to approach other aspects of my life with life with the same discipline that I've learned through running.
0: Yeah. I think it's cool when you can take what you learn in running or take what you learn in life and apply it, um, you know uh op- not op- in the opposite way but apply it back and forth totally um so now what's the goal what 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 are you what are you chasing what's your focus how are you handling um life in in 2020 as a runner at least
1: oh man well um i think my goals are like largely the same as they were pre covid um it's just it's got a the p- path is slightly different now um so I really only started training in earnest, um, maybe like a year and a half ago. Um, so like last year was kind of, uh, the first year where I felt like I started to have some success and I could see the results of my training. Um, and so this year I was like, oh man, I'm going to like, you know, race and really like, you know, practice becoming a better racer, um, which is different than just being fit. Mm -hmm. Um, and so yeah, like my long term goals are, you know, like I, it's, it, it maybe sounds audacious, but like I'd love someday to be competitive at races like Western States, CCC, UTMB. Um, but yeah, I realize that's like a, a, a several year journey from where I am mm-hmm. today. Um, so it's just, you know, this year's been great for training. Um, I've been lucky to be healthy. And, um, yeah, I, I just plan to, hopefully get to race like as soon as it's possible um and until then like uh just focus on targeting some some bigger runs maybe fkts or just um yeah like harder efforts but yeah just those are my longer term goals is just to race some of these iconic classic races um and hopefully be competitive
0: what is it so what's the furthest you've gone so far Uh, 100k What is it about the, the longer stuff, particularly the hundred mile distance that, um, that intrigues you?
1: Oh man. Uh, well it's just classic, man. You know what I mean? Like, it's like the, I don't know. I feel like of the, in the ultra marathon space, it's kind of like, it's as classic as it gets, you know, like, uh, that's where like, at least like a lot of really, uh, the best in our sport have like cut their teeth and like proven themselves and like where the that's like you know the western states the utmb the kind of like super bowls or world cups of our sport like that's the distance where it takes place because it's it's that it's got that interesting amount of like uh it's long enough where like if you make some mistakes like they can really like play out and manifest later in the race so it's really fun to watch um i imagine it's it would be really uh, interesting and challenging to execute a 100 miler really well um, I certainly know that at the hundred K distance, I've made some mistakes and, uh, you definitely pay for them where in like a 50 yeah. K you can kind of like reel it back and and maybe recover and make it. Um, so yeah, I don't know. I think just the unknown, the hundred miler and, and having that be, um, you know, uh, 15 to 20 hours of time to try to execute a, a race strategy is interesting to me.
0: Let's talk about those mistakes, um, that you make along the way. What, what's, what's one that, you know, was particularly memorable that you took and said, okay, thank you for that. Uh, here's what I'll do differently in the future.
1: Oh man. Well, uh, definitely like with that specific question it would be uh, black Canyon this year. Um, I was like the, uh, the most fit I've been, um, I felt like really strong. I had, I had had a really great build leading into that race. Um, you know, I had just like, I had just, I just felt super good about my training going in and, um, yeah, I was like hoping to get a golden ticket. You know, I had like cranked out like, uh, 300 mile weeks back to back, ripped a really fast 50 K at the end of it. And I like, you know, uh, six weeks before the race. And so I was like, okay, like I'm primed, I'm ready. Um, and all of that is to just say, I showed up <clears throat> to black Canyon this year and just got too excited, man. Like I, and I, and I'd raced like, uh, several 50 milers. I'd done black Canyon the year before. And just what I learned in that race was like, well, so here, <laughs> the first problem was like, I was kind of up with Hayden Hawks for the first like 20 miles. Like, I think I came oh, through mile good. 20, like a minute behind Dude. him, Yeah, uh, which was like, uh i should have known like th- that was a bad call <laughs> um but yeah it just kind of blew up like at mile 30 you know just kind of the wheels started seriously falling off i skipped an aid station which was a mistake um so i got dehydrated because it got quite quite hot um and just kind of watching all that work i had put in and like it just kind of was like slipping away you know um mm-hmm. and one thing i I was lucky enough to have uh, one of my buddies uh pace me from I don't know I guess it's like mile 38 to the finish um when you can pick up your pacer and you know I was like pretty low I was like damn dude like I'm not going to get the golden ticket like I don't know and he encouraged me to to finish if I wanted to finish and I'm really proud that rather than just like throwing in the towel um that I that I did finish the race um I don't remember what my time was I think it was like I don't know, nine, nine thirty or something like that. But it was just like, I did finish, but what I learned in that race was like, it's, I don't need to practice getting more fit. Like I'll get more fit through training more. What I need to practice is racing against like elite runners or like the best in the world, because it, you've got to really have this confidence to like race within yourself and not get caught up, you know, with Jamil Curry, like running behind you with the camera or like oh man, I'm like kind of off the front. This is really cool. I'm feeling great. Yeah, my heart rate's high, but it's all good. It's like, it's not all good. <laughs> so uh, right. yeah. And then I I kind of a, a, a month later wanted to apply those lessons in Pioneer Spirit, this 50 uh, miler up in cool California. And I was really proud. Like obviously I wasn't fresh or primed for that, but um, I stuck to a plan, like didn't get caught up trying to race at the front and ended up coming in the top 10. So that was cool. Um, that's yeah.
0: The Um, run running within yourself or running your own race is something that I struggle with, and for me, it was it was so hard. Yeah, right. And because it's like, oh, I feel good. I feel good. I just want to take a chance, take Mm -hmm. a risk. Um, but there's there's taking a risk, and then there's like taking a calculated risk. Totally. Um. So how how do you practice that? How do you how do you get to a place where you're you're not um you're not you know letting the foot off the gas too much but you're also right. not you know going uh 0 to 60 right right from the gun
1: yeah no totally and it's i guess um i know david has mentioned to me that like especially someone with that like me who has more of a sprint background like i need to be really careful about getting going too fast too early um cuz that i'll have a bigger chance of like blowing up but you know i really believe um which was kind of the goal for this year that like you, you learn that through practicing racing at whatever level you're trying to race at. So like, if I want to compete at the highest level, like I need to compete with other runners at the highest level to practice that discipline, um, and self-belief and just, you know, ultra racing, you know, this is like, it's a war of attrition, you know, it's like just wait for people to to do themselves in. Like if you can have the, the confidence and self-restraint to just run your own race, like people will come back, you know? and i think that just comes through practice racing definitely
0: um what are some of the other sort of uh i guess lessons that that you've learned from david that have translated into um, tangible progress out there
1: oh man like well i mean you know this like david is just like an awesome guy uh really supportive kick-ass coach um but just, I mean, probably the most tangible one, because um, I've only been working with him for like, I don't know, like six weeks or two months. Um, but the biggest difference I've seen immediately, I guess, two, like one's physical and one is kind of emotional. Um, mm-hmm. The physical one is just I wasn't running uh, enough easy, easy runs like yeah. before I started working with him. So I've noticed that um, by running easier, like basically I run easy, like except for twice a week you know? Um, and there's like two workouts per week, uh, or like one workout and then like a long run with some work in it. And I just noticed that I show up with more energy for those, not only Mm -hmm. physical, but mental energy. Um, and so that I, I've felt a lot stronger, um, since I started doing that. So that's like, you know, uh, has been really great. And then just, I've really felt like, um, so uplifted and encouraged by David's like, words of affirmation just in in our training log, you know, like it's, mm-hmm. it's really cool to have someone who believes in you so much and validate you on a daily basis that, you know, I kind of feel like, obviously, like my wife and friends do that as well. But like, I don't know, it means a lot. So I think, to me, that's been really um, beneficial just to have like to kind of build my own confidence. And yeah, that's been really great.
0: Yeah. I think I, both are, are huge. Um, f- on the physical side, that was the biggest thing for me. I was, if I, if I didn't run a run at, you know, seven thirty or faster, it was a wasted right. effort. And yep. now it's like, I literally haven't had a run below an eight minute average in, in two months. Hell yeah. And like, I'm, I'm running trails and, yeah. and so the, like the, the pace doesn't matter. Totally And, um, and it's, I think it's huge and it's, you, you stay fresher, you stay more excited when you get to go fast. And I haven't had a workout in a few months. And when yeah. I do, I'm going to hopefully not, you know, overdo it, but totally. I'll be, re- I'll be ready. And then, you know, the, the Wednesday workout and the Saturday spicy long run is, yeah. it's great. And like, that's the, you know, 20% of the weekly work. Yep. Um, with the rest of it being super chill and super easy. And I think, I think it, it lends for an interesting and a different experience with running. I mean, prior to the, the COVID shutdown, I was running with coworkers. I was running with friends who are you know all different paces. And the cool thing is like, you can run with someone who like, who you're slow is there fast.
1: Oh yeah. And
0: like giving yourself that grace to be able to do that.
1: Totally. Well, and I don't know about you, but like, for me, as soon as I started running easy more often, these little niggles that I've had for a long time, like have gone away. Um, uh, and so I don't know, that's been like another great side effect. Yeah, for sure. So the the other piece
0: is the, you know, relentless enthusiasm and, and positivity. And I think that, oh yeah, um, I, I didn't think I needed that. And and it's, it's funny, like how much I look forward to that on a regular basis. And okay. there are so many people that I think need that now more than ever. Like, you're awesome. You're great. This, celebrate that. And Hell yeah! Um, I think it's, I think it's so important.
1: Positive self-talk is the way, man.
0: Yes. So how did you guys get connected?
1: Um. Well, uh, <laughs> real talk, I hit him up like, Um. I guess it was like, August or July of last year, just through his website, you know, and obviously like, uh, he's kind of like an icon in the trail running space, at least in my opinion. So I had been aware of him for years and, um, like he's also thrown down like some ridiculous times on my local, (laughs) uh, trails out here. So, uh, yeah, I just hit him up and was like, Hey, like, you know, um, would, would love to work with you kind of just short intro email. and, And he didn't have space at the time. Um, so I kind of just bided my time and was like, man, like, I really want to work with David. Like, I feel like his coaching style, um, would really fit well with who I am. And I reached back out to him after pioneer spirit. Cause I had seen him. Um, I came through an aid station, like at mile six or something, a little bit behind Matt. And so he was still there and he cheered me on. And I, I don't know, I mentioned that in my next email and I think he might've remembered. So that's kind of how I connected cool and
0: so you're in are you in southern california
1: no i'm in i'm in central california monterey so um, oh nice yeah it's like two hours south of san francisco right on the coast cool so
0: what's your what's your trail community like out there
1: um it's pretty good um so we actually have like really great trail running we have fort ord um national monument that's like 20 minutes from from here um some great trails in pebble beach and there's a lot of people who Love to trail run. Um we have a local uh like a pub run that well was taking place every Thursday um before COVID. Um we do some trail running there. But yeah, it's there's like, I don't know, 10, 20, 30 people that trail run and many of them race. Um so yeah, it's a pretty good community, I'd say.
0: And you're a part of Rabbit as well, right?
1: Yeah, yeah. So that's uh recent. They're also like um a really awesome like Apparel company, they make great clothes, but like, I've just felt like what they have created in terms of like community in the trail running space has just been really cool. Um, and I've followed like a lot of their athletes for a long time. And so, and and their presence at races, it's just, I don't know, it's a really cool um, company and brand to be a part of.
0: Definitely. So let's talk.
1: One of the things you mentioned is that
0: your professional career is about ocean conservation. And and we're in this time where um, I think more needs to be done about environmental issues among many of the other issues that that work. Where did that interest come from? Is that always something you wanted to be a part of? Uh, Talk
1: to me about that. Oh, man. Uh, Well, honestly, like definitely not. I mean, I... I grew up in Monterey, so I grew up going to the aquarium like uh, as a child. Um, So it was always kind of like, I think for a lot of people who live here, it's like a real focal point in the community. So it was always like on my radar, but never as somewhere to work, you know, because I wasn't um, interested in marine biology, like as a field of study in college. Um, And until you like actually work there or look for a job there, you don't realize like, oh, yeah, there's like, you know. Um, hundreds of staff members, many of whom are like not aquarists or you know, animal care staff. So, um, yeah, it kind of um happened naturally. like after I graduated from college, I wanted to do software development, and there just happened to be an internship opportunity there, which turned into a job. Um, but for me, I've found like I've worked there for six years now, and um, man, like working for me, like working at a nonprofit or any kind of like mission driven, um organization is it just is awesome because at the end of the day like i think we all deal with like um bs like in our jobs or like in in our life at times and so it's just really nice to be able to like at the end of the day feel like okay like i've i've done some good here even though i had to put up with a bunch of crap or like maybe this special project i wanted to do isn't going to happen like um i'm still helping to like further like um conservation of the ocean, you know, so it's been cool in that regard. What does day-to-day look like? Um so I uh manage our multimedia engineering team in exhibits. Um, and basically what that means is like we're a team of uh four technology professionals, so like software developers, um people with hardware experience and we're responsible for everything on the floor at the at the main aquarium that has a screen. So whether it's like digital signage or a video wall, or um, some kind of game that's interactive for uh, guests, we Mm -hmm. build and maintain those experiences. So a day-to-day looks like um, operational maintenance. Honestly, like when we're open, if things um, break, we have to fix them sometimes. And then uh, we have like new product development that we work on constantly for our future exhibitions.
0: Got it. and. How has 2020 impacted that? I'm guessing quite dramatically.
1: Yeah. um, Well, so we're really lucky. Like we uh, are like, you know, primarily like software developers. Like we're working on um, 3D experiences, um, like 3D games. Uh, A lot of the time are web applications and that's really remote friendly. So when we, um, when shelter in place went into effect in California back in March, we kind of just didn't miss a beat. Like we already like manage our work. Uh, using Trello and so we just like went home and continued to do work. Um so it wasn't that big of a change but um I think for a lot of other um staff at the aquarium it was quite quite challenging. Cool.
0: Um one of the things I like to discuss on the podcast is balance or lack of balance or mm. you know whatever your interpretation of balance is. So it sounds like you know you've got a lot going on. It's you know a busy a busy time in the world. Um how how do you how do you find balance or do you find balance
1: um well i find i guess like i think balance is an important thing like conceptually and um i try to be like balanced and measured in life in general you know um like i think too much of one thing is probably not good all the time if you're doing that all the time but you know i do feel like um running for me is definitely like a, a focal point in my life. Um, and I guess like to me spending an hour or two each day running helps me be a better person in other aspects of my life. Um, helps me, um, like feel more focused and kind of, kind of like I've done something for myself when I show up at work. Um, it helps me be a more, I think like relaxed and uh supportive husband to my wife. Um, And I think just in general, like, you know, I probably feel more confident and, um, satisfied with my running because I have, um, other things in my life that are, um, satisfying or, or, um, adding value. Like I have a job or I have a wife, right. I, I I feel like, um, yeah, like balance in that way for me, like having a diversity of things that you're doing for me, at least Mm -hmm. like, um, allows me to to work harder at any one of those things, because I know all my eggs aren't in one basket, you know?
0: Yeah. And I think it, it ebbs and flows. So Lindsay Krauss talked about this um, in our episode and she said, it's, you know, it's like a triangle and, and the triangle yeah. is never the same shape or never the same type uh, totally. all, all year round. And I, I think it's good. I think like she said, you know, sometimes it's, it's obtuse. Sometimes it's acute and, yep. and, Um, whether that's the running side or the life side or the, you know, whatnot, but it can't, it can't keep going further and further and further in one direction because then the triangle breaks.
1: Oh, definitely. I totally agree with that. That's a great metaphor.
0: Yeah, it's, she's, she's definitely good with the words. Um, so I was browsing through your, through your Instagram and I'm, I'm very curious about one of the things that you posted specifically oh, okay. rela- related to the trail community and um, the lack of diversity in the trail. community. Yeah, yeah, So you, you are a mixed race man, as you, as you wrote about in, yep. in this post. And I'm curious, what's, what's your experience like in the, in the trail community?
1: Oh man. Yeah. Thanks for asking. Uh, so I guess I want to start out by saying, you know, I personally have always felt like really welcomed included, um, and like just my, my participation in the trail running community has always felt like celebrated and welcomed. So like, I, I've had a really good experience in that regard. Um, and I love, like, I feel like there's so many amazing, awesome people, um, that come together because trail running is kind of like, you gotta be a little bit crazy to to want to do it. You gotta love <laughs> right. nature. And so I feel like it's a lot of like-minded people um, right. doing that. But um, I guess particularly like as it relates to diversity, like it's just a fact, like we can all see it, like there isn't a lot of diversity in the sport. And so, you know, it it's something I've kind of struggled with my whole life, like growing up in Monterey, like being um multiracial like black man it's like i went to a a private school like from fourth grade on and so it was a very white private school um you know i monterey is a predominantly white community and so I've, i've always like felt like i'm surrounded by white people it's not a bad thing i i have like most of my friends are white so it's a good thing um it's just when it comes to trail running it's like And it's such an amazing, beautiful, um, sport and activity and thing that we all get to do together. And that like enriches, I think the soul. And so to me, it's just like, man, like to increase like participation of people of color in trail running it. I think one of the best things we can do is like increase representation in the sport, um, in our media like this, like a podcast or, uh, um, you know, photos on brands, Instagrams, um, help try to support, uh, people of color who are racing at all levels or participating at all levels so that, um, other people of color see that and can, um, see themselves in trail running. Because I think oftentimes it does present or kind of appear as like a very white sport and it doesn't, It I don't think it inherently is, you know what I mean?
0: Yeah, it's, it's really interesting. I was listening to Camila Journey on the Morning Shakeout podcast. And um, as, a, as a black distance runner and marketer, she comes to it from a very interesting perspective in that she's, she has lots of industry experience and sort of seeing the behind the scenes of how, how it works. And her takeaway is pretty much exactly what you said. Like, you need... We need... Uh, if you think about how somebody comes to to buy something right they they see similar people using it they see something relatable yep. about it and maybe there's some influence around oh my friend did it or right. or um you know this is aspirational totally um, that's exactly what you just said you know we need to it, like i work for a brand that is in this space and yeah we weren't unintentionally doing um doing wrong, but that's the whole point right um uh, and so like we've had those conversations like yes, we've been part of the problem totally ignorant to the fact that that's what that that's that's the problem so it's it's been fascinating to to be a part of these conversations and then hear people who are having that experience and and um hearing that like it is representation. It is seeing similar looking people. It is seeing that aspirational. Oh, this could be me too. Yep. Um, that we need to, we need to focus on. So, totally. um, yeah, it's awesome that, that, um, that's sort of, that's the takeaway.
1: Yeah. And just to like, I uh, kind of like, I don't know, build on something you just said, like, I mean, the fact that we're all having these conversations, I think is like so amazing and important. And it's part of part of the journey, right? Like I just growing up like my whole life <laughs> there's been like you know every time like the 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 topic of race would come up in social studies or like just in conversation it always felt like oh god, like everyone's kind of looking at me, like I'm the only black guy in the room. It's like very awkward, but now I feel like in this moment, right? Like there's a lot of terrible things that have happened, but one silver lining is that I feel like everyone kind of has a feels some ownership in it and and feels like they have a place to stand kind of in this collective. And, um, I just think it's so awesome. Like I've had so many conversations about race in the last few weeks with my friends that like would have been awkward or we wouldn't have had before all this. And so I think just the fact that you and your, your is having those conversations, we as a community are having those conversations is like super, um, inspiring and important.
0: Yeah. And I think that's, that's the important piece. Like, yes, it's, it's uncomfortable. I was uncomfortable even bringing this up on the on this podcast with it, you. Yeah, and like that's the point. Like you have to, we have to continue to to do these things. Totally. Um, oh, I had I had something else I was going to say, and I totally forget it. But no, it's great, man. Um, it's
1: part of the work, you know. It's <laughs> part of how to make change.
0: Yeah, and and I think the the cool part about it is that it's. The analogy to running is so perfect in Mm -hmm. this or any type of systemic change, right? You Mm -hmm. can't, you can't be the best overnight. You can't run a hundred miles overnight unless you're Jim (laughs) Walmsley. You can't, you, you know, you can't, you can't, um, the analogy was you can't eat an elephant in one bite. Right. Totally. Um, and so just like running, each brick helps and every workout, every run, everything adds up. Yeah. And so somebody said to me recently, um, I was talking, uh, again within our company and sh- her feedback was think about what you can do differently tomorrow wow. and the next day and the next week and the next month. And just focus on that because it's if so true. everybody does that, yes. that's, that's progress
1: yeah because we all have our own networks you know and so you have a conversation with one person it can just spread so uh yeah so easily i love that so
0: what what has been the most surprising thing that's happened for you personally in the last couple of months
1: um well i i think honestly like um oh man there's there's kind of a lot of stuff you know um like, uh, working with David has been awesome. Like, uh, I don't know, just being on this podcast with you is crazy. It's (laughs) honored. But like, I think one of the coolest things has just been on a personal level to have kind of like found, uh, a voice in, in all of this, um, as it relates to like, um, black lives matter and, and the black experience, like, man, growing up multiracial is (laughs) at times very confusing, Um, and I've just, uh, to be honest with you, man, like in the last like couple months or, or weeks, um, (sighs) growing up, it was like, you know, (sighs) especially when you grow up around like white people, it's like, I'm not, I'm definitely not white. Like I don't look white. You know, my mom's black. Like I'm not white. So I'm not white enough, but I'm also not like black enough. You know what I mean? So there's this kind of like feeling of not belonging or like, The experiences I have like oh I'm not um I'm not like 100% black so I can't maybe like I don't it doesn't count but like lately man just it's like I have been discriminated against like I I have these experiences that I can share um and it's just been so powerful because like I don't use I, I have not historically used social media to really talk about anything of substance which I kind of regret now but um at least like lately, like I made this post about my own experience in Monterey, like um with racism. And I had like coworkers and friends talk to me and 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 just thank me for posting that because they had conversations like with their kids about that. And just seeing that like, man, like engaging in that dialogue um is important and like making a post on social media um can actually make some change. Like for me personally, just like that has been um, amazing. Just finding that like participating in dialogue and discourse online can be a really powerful and positive thing.
0: I love that. Um, I think that social media is vilified in, in so many ways, but yeah. then there are these examples of um, just how powerful it can be and, and how totally. uplifting it can be. And then, you know, you had, there are a couple dozen comments here that, people are thinking critically about themselves or like you said, they're talking to their kids about it or, and that's just one post. I know again, that's the, like, that's the compounding factor. Maybe you make another post the next week or maybe, you know, your friend sees it and they're motivated to take a step. And it's like, totally, we, we bash on social media so much. I saw, I saw a post that said, what if, what if your action motivates somebody else to take a bigger action Mm -hmm. and again it's like the the snowball effect and and it's not just a snowball it's it's an avalanche yeah we need this big avalanche
1: it's so true man yeah it's all about how you use it it's a it's just a tool you know
0: what what pushed you to make that
1: post i just i had like a feeling you know um i um my wife is white and she had been educating herself um, in the wake of the murder of George Floyd. And like she had been making posts and other friends of mine had been making posts. And and like I said, like, I don't typically even post to social media. And so it was just kind of like, man, like, but I feel like I should say something, but I don't even like, you know what I mean? It was kind of just like, I had this like nagging feeling. And so I just felt like, you know what? Like I just, I'm just going to say something and I'm just going to talk about my own experience as it relates to living here in Monterey. And so it was kind of just like, I felt like an obligation to do it. I mean, I'm really glad I did.
0: Yeah. It's, um, I think it's just taking chances and, and taking risks. And, and like I was saying, like I find it to be horribly uncomfortable, but that's, that's the point. Like I grew up in a very white town, uh, where the Metco program existed Mm -hmm. and Metco is, for those not familiar, literally, you know, busing in inner city, um, people of color into a very white suburban town. And for the first probably 15 years of my life, like those were the only black people I saw. Mm. Um, in, you know, in addition to there were, there was a, an area, um, there was an area of, of my town growing up where it was lower income housing. And um, that's where the African-Americans lived in our town. And yep. it was just like a very sheltered, um, a very sheltered experience. And again, it's not, there was no malicious intent. There's no, it's just like yeah. ignorance. And that's the, that's the problem. And I think a lot of people are discovering that. And it's totally. been fascinating to to have these conversations with um my high school friends with my again mostly white friends with yeah um with one indian guy and so he's been the the um representative of person of color yeah uh, in in our group and he's like i kind of look white <laughs> and and i have a family business and um he he had a fascinating uh experience because um Again, he was he was like the only one in the group. But but then looking at our our college group, um, it was it was about half white, um, a handful of of Asian Americans. And then one uh, uh, one of one of our friends was uh, or is half black as well. And he he had an afro in college. Oh, yeah. It was, it was awesome. And when we graduated, he cut it. And the reason that he cut it was so that he could get a job. Mm. And he, he acknowledged that at the time and it took it. So that was 2012 about, about like three weeks ago, he sent us a message and was like, I didn't even realize what I was doing and that Mm -hmm. that was like institutionalized racism that I was just like accepting without question.
1: Yeah. He was like,
0: Oh my God, that's, that is wild that he didn't even think about it and he was doing it.
1: Yeah, man, that hits hard. Like my, my mom, uh, who I think I've mentioned is black. Like she has, um, worked. She's actually the, the, uh, chief human resources officer at the Monterey Bay aquarium. So she's worked there for like 30 years and she used to have a badass afro when I was born, you know like this really awesome afro. Yeah. And just yeah, like same thing like watching her kind of um conform to um
0: yeah, that's the word.
1: Yeah, these norms it's and crazy. expectations of um you know, a white uh business world is just like it's what she had to do. Um, and, and, uh, it's cool now at this point to, uh, have many companies be kind of celebrating and welcoming and trying to increase diversity and, and representation and all that. But yeah, just to kind of agree with what you're saying. It's just like, yeah, it's, it's, it's unconscious or like just part of what you have to do. And you just accept it because it's institutionalized or, you know, systemic. Totally. So
0: what are, what are you excited about, uh, 2020 and beyond what, What, what are you looking forward to? What's, um, what's, what's keeping you rolling?
1: Oh man. Uh, well just, I really do believe in like the, like long-term approach to training and running, um, I guess life in general as well, but just like, um, yeah, as it relates to running, like, uh, I am planning on racing, um, several golden ticket races next year. So that's like really exciting, uh, (laughs) hope to get to hone my craft before then uh, at some races uh, but we'll see but yeah i know i'm really excited about that and just um continuing to kind of like um immerse myself in like uh david's training program and 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 see how that goes and just kind of i don't know i don't mind i actually love the, the day-to-day kind of um yeah training experience and so to me that's like so satisfying uh, just in and of itself you know
0: did you did you learn that recently or has that always been your approach
1: Yeah, it's like all I think it's always been my approach and just with no races on the calendar, it's just kind of like I just love the process of like getting stronger and becoming more fit and like I don't know, just like doing a long run and being able to do it at a faster pace and a lower effort. It just something about that is just like very like addicting almost and, and very fun.
0: Yeah, that's what I love about it too. Um I had David on the podcast a couple of weeks ago and what he was saying was like for people who are who are not motivated by races, mm. um, this is like the best possible scenario. Oh, yeah. for for building long term fitness. And so I I went through a period where I was racing a lot and not getting the results I wanted, and that's kind of what pushed me into trail running to stop you know focusing on the watch and oh, okay. the clock and whatnot. Um, and I didn't race a marathon from for two years from Boston, gotcha. 2017 through Boston, through, um, uh, a race, basically 25 months later. Uh, Whoa! and I was like a completely different athlete on that next start line. Hell yeah. And, and it took, it took like falling in love with the process and mm-hmm. the day to day. And, um, I stood on that start line, not, not caring if the time on the clock was a two or a three or a four. Yep. And, that's what it took for me to, you know, find that next level and find that next, you know, gear. So that's I think awesome. that a lot of people are in for in for a treat if they stick if they stick to it and if they can find that that similar love for for the process. Yeah. Um, but yeah the day to day is the day to day grind is is what I love in that like leveling up to yep. to that that new normal.
1: For sure. Plus I love to eat. So like when you're training a lot you <laughs> get to eat a lot. So that yeah, yeah. I love that part. <laughs>
0: Yeah, so I, I, I'm living with my parents now for a couple months, just nice to to get out of Boston and and they're like, "Wow, you're always eating." Yeah, and it's like, "Well, yeah, I did a 15 hour week last week." So totally,
1: yeah, <laughs> um, you got put it, you got to put it down. Yeah, yeah. Um, what's your What's your post run, post long run indulgence? Ooh, well, I always drink this um, plant based protein shake right after. I don't know if that's a holdover from football or what, but like. It just kind of makes sense for some reason to me. It's a, it's this pea, uh, pea protein one. Um, so I drink that and then, um, usually try to eat like a banana or something, but dude, like, I think I, I maybe posted this, uh, on Facebook. We were having back and forth, but my favorite after that is to go to this, uh, Mediterranean food spot, um, here in Monterey called Demetra and get this like lavash wrap with chicken shawarma and falafel, all these veggies, awesome sauces. And just, yeah, eat that whole thing. It's like a foot long. <laughs>
0: That sounds awesome. And that thread was incredible.
1: Oh, I know so many delicious, mouthwatering <laughs> post run uh, indulgences.
0: <laughs> so, for those listening, David was was sourcing um, uh, feedback for a, a column about post run uh, fuel. And he asked, What are our favorite post run? post run foods and I had just finished a, fi- a 50 mile bike ride and I oh. hadn't eaten.
1: <laughs> So it that's was like that's tough. actually
0: the worst. Like I hadn't showered either. So I, I was oh, like, man. I needed to shower and then eat. And it was, uh, it was funny to scroll through that, but oh my God. awesome. Adam, um, one last question. What do you wish you knew today? Sorry. When you started running that, you know, today,
1: um, Hmm well that's a good question um i guess like i guess i feel one thing i've been lucky to learn is that you know i think you can learn a lot about how i think you can learn about by like watching other runners around you and the successes they have or the mistakes they make um i'm a big um Proponent in like trying to learn as much as I can in general, but especially from others, like experientially. And just, I don't know, like I was fortunate to like, I mean, it's like a, it's sad, but like I was unfortunate, I was fortunate to like watch some of my friends, like, you know, suffer an injury from racing in a certain way. So, like, that for me was like, okay, like, dang, like that, that's what happens. Like, you got to be careful about that. And so, just, I guess, just, um, I was lucky to see those things, but like, you know, that I think there's probably many runners that like, don't have those experiences with a friend, like close to them. Um, so I would just say like, it is like a a long game, you know, just like running an ultra marathon is a long drawn out experience. The process of like training for ultra marathons is a long drawn out experience and just, um, being patient and like focusing on, uh, learning how to appreciate the day to day. And like, honestly, like if you don't love that, you maybe it's not the sport for you, but like, you know, it's, <laughs> right. uh, I really think like patience and long-term focus is like the way. And I think had I learned that earlier, maybe some, of, some of these niggles or smaller, um, things, or fits and starts I had in racing, like, uh, might've been, um, easier or better.
0: <laughs> awesome. Where can we find you on social media to follow along with, uh, with your journey?
1: Oh yeah. So on Instagram, I'm a Mary runner. Uh, like my last name is Mary. So M E R R Y
0: great handle.
1: Uh, Thanks. And, uh, on Inst or on uh, Strava, I'm just Adam Mary. That's pretty much where I'm at.
0: Cool. Adam, hope to see you at some point in California or on a mountain somewhere. Hell yeah, man. Likewise.
1: Yeah. Cool. Thanks for having me on.
0: Of course. That's it for today's episode. Like many long runs, it's sad when it has to end. I hope you join in next week on For the Long Run, and in the meantime, happy trails. If you've enjoyed this episode, it would mean a lot to me if you shared it so that others can find it and enjoy it too.